0: Praise the Lord, uh, you know, anytime we could get together and have some good food, you know, it's, it's always a good thing, so uh, don't worry, I can't see you guys' faces because the light's like right here, so if you happen to take a nap, I totally understand, you know, uh, it's the bacon, just so you guys know, and so, uh, anyways, uh, I wanted to say that I think Scott was in, uh, he's in um, Mexico this week, and so he's really not missing out on these tacos because he's having the real deal, you know? And so uh, that's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad that they're able to go out there and, and get some rest and get some R&R, and it's always good to get a reset, you know. Uh, my wife and I did that a couple months ago, and we we're at that point where we we're burnt out, and uh, uh, we just got away for the weekend, and, and tell you what, it, it, it did some good. Um, anyways, uh, since it is Cinco de Mayo, who all knows uh, what Cinco de Mayo means? What's the point of Cinco? May fifth, right? <laughs> right, good. That's it. And so, uh, you know, we're we're celebrating Mexico, but uh, I, I wanted to actually uh, talk about just a little bit of update on on our, our missionaries in Mexico. Um, we got a, I won't mention the names, but uh, they're in in the. They asked, I reached out to them about a couple weeks ago, and I asked them if there's anything that we could pray for, and they just said, uh, you know with the whole pandemic, a lot of their projects have been on hold. And so they haven't had a lot of help out there. And uh, they're actually looking at uh, their transition. Uh, The people are going to take over for them. uh, They asked for us to pray that they get their passports as they get there as soon as possible and uh, get their housing, their their vehicles and everything that they need to to make uh, things happen. Um, Also uh, to pray for uh, teams, you know, to go out throughout the year and and help finish a lot of those projects that got started or uh, some of the projects that didn't get started. Um, and then the one last thing to pray for for them was uh, the cost of material went up here significantly, right? And so in Mexico they use a lot of steel and a lot of concrete. So that went up high. And so I told them well we'll pray for favor that somebody just donates a bunch of steel and concrete. <laughs> and so, um, so we'll we'll keep that in prayer for them. And, uh, I just want to give you guys an update for that. So, um, anyways, uh, how many of you guys, I'm gonna start off a little different this evening. It's not a survey, just a question, um, is, uh, who here, um, has or has had a difficult person in your life? Raise your hand. I'll raise all of them, you know, (laughs) all four of them. And so, okay. And, uh, Some of these people, we we tend to call them uh, sandpaper people, right? Because they rub us the wrong way, right? Um, Sometimes we call them EGRs. Who knows what EGR means? Amen, (laughs) extra grace required, right? And so extra, extra grace, I think, you know? So a lot of these people that that we run into in our lives, uh, they tend to rub us the wrong way at some point. Or uh, we just, some, something about them just doesn't, us and them just doesn't, there's something there, right? There's a conflict for whatever it is, you know? Um, and uh, one of the things that I realized uh, with, when I was putting this message together is um, when I left New Mexico back in 2014, um, I dealt with a lot of difficult people back home, but um, And and in different situations, and and a lot of it was my immaturity because um, I mean I was I mean I was new in Christ, but I was still trying to get to know God and and trying to figure things out. And how am I gonna how am I gonna forgive that person that wronged me? And and how how am I supposed to ask for forgiveness even though uh, I'm right and they're wrong, you know? And or or vice versa, you know, uh, I'm wrong and they're right, but I was too prideful and too puffed up to say that I was wrong, you know? Because sometimes, you know, uh, in New Mexico, and I I say New Mexico because to me, New Mexico, it's home, but there's a lot of my past that's there that I just really, I don't really care for anymore, you know, like the the old has gone away, you know? And uh, I handled situations a lot differently back then than when I did uh, here in Colorado. Now, I thought I had difficult people in my life, in New Mexico, but when I came here, I came to work for uh, uh Union pacific Railroad and uh, uh, any of you guys know any railroaders? Anybody know any railroaders? no <laughs> okay uh, a lot of these guys man um, they're a tough bunch man uh, they're they're like not sandpaper they 're like a grinding wheel, you know <laughs> and so uh they they wouldn't like rub me the wrong way. they would grind me down. Uh, and And I think the reason the Lord brought me here was because he knew that I needed to be uh, a light in their in their life and and i didn 't realize this at the time when I was working there that God was using me in a way that i didn 't even know He was using me, like my mission was to reach these men and man, that we have a lot of arguments, man that we fight a lot you know there's a lot there's a lot of times that we we uh we wanted to I wanted to go outside and like get off the truck. Let's do this right now, you know? And uh it just it just wasn't um it wasn't healthy, but at the same time I was able to keep my cool because the word of God is what kept me like like founded, you know, like even though I, I could get puffed up and and prideful and upset and and the and the before Christ Sergio would come out, you know, like I had to like set myself back and, and not allow those things to to destroy something that God was going to be doing. And so it took many, many, many years. And today's message, it's uh, called How to Deal with Difficult People in Your Life. Um, and the reason I say this is because um, the, a, lot, a lot came out of, of me working with, with the union, with the, with the railroaders. Um, I was able to minister to a lot of these guys in, in times where um, I didn't even realize I was ministering to them, but they are watching me. You know, my actions were speaking louder than my words because the way I, I uh, approach a situation or the way I handle the situation or the way I diffuse a situation that could have gotten really ugly. And so if you don't have a difficult person in your life, then that means uh, that uh, you're a lovey-dovey person, you know? But uh, if, if you don't know that you have somebody difficult, sometimes we don't realize it, but we may be that difficult person, you know? <laughs> And so, and, and, the, and the reason I say that is because by no means am I perfect, and, and I have my moments, you know, where, like, people are like, <laughs> uh, how do you call yourself a Christian, you know? I'm like, because I'm a child of God, you know, and I live by grace, and I live by mercy. That's why I call myself a Christian, and if I make mistakes, you know, like, I'm, I'm looking to the, the judge to judge me on that. I'm not looking for your opinion, you know, I'm looking, yes, I'm going to help you to see the things the way, that, that the, the, way the Word says to uh, see the things, but I'm not going to allow that to uh, uh, tear me up, you know, because sometimes we prejudge ourselves and we want to uh, look at ourselves like, well, what does this person think of me, right? And, and uh, that's not really important, you know. What, what's important and what matters is what does God say and what does the Word of God say. And so today... Um, if 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 uh If you ever get a person, I'll ask this question how many of you guys when, when your phone rings, a certain person calls you, you look at it, you're like, "Oh man, no way man, Don't put that away. you know, put your phone away or you hit ignore or or you put that phone down Does that ever happen to anybody? Raise your hand. be honest, you know, I do it sometimes, right? You know uh, how about when uh, when you're in a conversation with somebody uh after you're done talking to them, you feel like all the energy was just sucked out of you, right? And so you feel like, uh, man, I'll, what do I do? I'm drained. You know, like, man, all the the all the all coffee I had in me this morning, in just those 30 seconds I had with this person, they just sucked it all out of me, you know? Like, some of those people exist, right? And uh, another one is, uh, let me see. When you have a, a conversation with somebody, you feel really uncomfortable. You feel awkward, and sometimes the best thing about the conversation is when it's over, right? Uh, does anybody ever experience that? Yeah. Okay. Well, right on. Well, if you if you have experienced that, then you know then you probably have a difficult person in your life, and and it's okay. But um, what I what I like to suggest is that if you have a difficult person in your life, and, and although you long and I long on days to God to remove them, um, the, the, the fact of the matter is this, is that sometimes the person we most want God to remove from our lives is actually the person that we need the most. Do you guys get that? Let me repeat that, that sometimes the person we most want God to remove from our lives is actually the very person that we need the most. Now, I could hear your mind spinning. You're like, what do you mean, Sergio? Wait, 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 wait a minute. You, 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 you think uh, Ted or, or Julie, I'm just throwing names out there. You think they're really part, they're supposed to be part of my life, even though they drive me crazy and they're impossible people? And I'm going to say yes. In fact, I'm going to go beyond that and say, uh, since God is good, God is sovereign, God is all-knowing, I'm going to suggest that he not only allowed this difficult person in your life, But I'm going to go as far as to say that in some cases, sometimes he's actually placed them there purposefully in order to do some things in you and through you that can never happen without that difficult person. Now, by the way, I did say sometimes, okay, there are people in our lives that God will remove from our lives to protect us, amen? Because I know there's been some people in my life that uh, when I first got saved, if it wasn't for... uh, I think when they found out that I, when I got saved and, and this is my before Christ days, I was in the gang and, and I was uh, heavily involved in, in drugs and dealing drugs and stuff that when they found out that I was serving the Lord, if it wasn't for them knowing that I, they were calling me the holy roller, you know? Oh man, you're a holy roller now. You're a hallelujah. And that that was like a, a shield. It protected me, you know? And then it, it allowed, uh, my, my youth pastor at the time to, to bring me under his wings and to mentor me and to take me under his wings and to build me up, you know? And so God, you know, protected me. He protected me in that moment because he knew that if I was going to serve him, some of those people that were in my life, I couldn't continue to be around them because then otherwise I was going to continue to uh, do drugs. I was going to continue to do the things that I wasn't supposed to be doing because that was the lifestyle that I knew, you know, as, as a young, as a young, uh, what was I 19 years old. And so, um, why in the world would God allow these sandpaper, sandpaper people to be in our lives? Let me give you three reasons, okay? Now, for those of you guys that know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't preach here very often, right? And, and I actually haven't preached in a long time. And so, I, I see this as training ground for me. So, um, uh, be patient with me, okay? because I'm going to be looking through my notes, because I'm still trying to uh, fill this whole thing out on, on, on doing this, but I think uh, the Lord will, will, will do what he needs to do to this evening. Um, the, the three reasons is first, because we have to treat difficult people, excuse me, because how we treat, uh, let me give you, all right, first reason number one, because how we treat difficult people reveals a true condition of our heart, and second of all, difficult people cause us to grow in ways that we couldn't on our own. The fact of the matter is that you never know, you never grow in the way that God wants apart from some of these people in your life. And a third, and I think the most importantly, is the most distinguishing mark of Jesus' followers is their love for whose, or is their love for those they would not and could not love on their own. Um, and so. Going through this message, I was reading uh, Luke chapter six, and and as I was going through it, I was trying to figure out like God, well, how how did you work in me to work with these people? And He reminded me back in 2015, I had a really bad situation here in Colorado with one of the guys that I was working with, where uh, it, it got really ugly, and um, it, it 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 got to the point where. We both could have lost our jobs because it got so heated, and um, I just didn't know how to handle the situation, so I had a conviction, and so the Lord took me to Luke 6, uh, 27, 36 at that time, and so he reminded me when I was putting this message together on how to deal with this situation. So let's go to uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36, okay? And this is in the NLT version. He says, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes uh, what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is it that what, what credit is, is that to you? Even sinners? Love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those who you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even, sen- even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But listen to this love your enemies and do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And then he ends with a little command. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Amen? Yes. You know, as you read the Gospels, Jesus does the uncanny things. He makes his people nuts, doesn't he? He loves Gentiles. He, uh, Jews don't like Gentiles. He loves Samaritans. Uh, Jews hated Samaritans. He treats women with respect. He loves the lepers. He reaches into the life of a Roman centurion. And you see, we read that, and we're a little bit distanced. And he is purposefully moving through society, tax collectors, sinners, prostitutes, and he just keeps doing what no one could understand. He loves the unlovable of his day. And so I ask you today, who are the unlovable of your day today? Who are the people that you don't look at and Give your tonic to. You know, think about that. Because today, we're living in a world and in a society where people have a hard time loving others because the way they look, the way they talk, where they're from, where they work, where they live, all that doesn't matter. Because you see, when you belong to the, when you belong to the family of God, and when you're a child of God, you think that when you leave this earth, you're leaving with all these possessions? No, right? We're leaving with Nothing. And so we're just passing through this earth, so why should we look at others in a way where we prejudge them just because of the way they look or where they live or what they do or or what kind of career they have? All that doesn't matter. What matters is that, is their soul going to heaven? Is that homeless person that I, see, I work down there in Las Vegas. You guys know where Las Vegas is, down south? And so it's close to the uh, uh, correctional facility, all right? And... uh, Every single day, I kid you not, I got about five to seven people that come up to me there in my yard there and ask me for a ride, for money, for whatever the case may be. 90% of the time, I help them. The other 10% of the time, I can't help them because they're in a position where I just can't help them. And what I do to help them, it's not like I'm giving money and, and doing those things. Sometimes they just need to use a cell phone so they could call somebody for, to get a ride. you know. Sometimes all they need is a cup of water because they've been locked up. And the, and the guard didn't give them a, a drink of water for three days. That's the kind of stuff that goes on down there. And they tell me about these things, and my heart breaks for them, you know? And then they end up on the streets, and they're homeless, or they're already homeless, and they're just trying to get somewhere, you know? And so who am I to judge them? I'm nobody, you know? I'm a child of God that I got to love them no matter what. We're children of God, so when we see people in those scenarios, that we are to love them no matter what, Amen? <clears throat> excuse me, can I get a drink of water here? Yeah, all right. Those tacos are getting to me. So it must have been the salsa, I think. All right. Now, what he's teaching here in Luke chapter 6 is that the most distinguishing mark of a genuine follower of Jesus is not how we love people that are easy to love. It's how we love the people that are hard to love. Basically, what he says is this. When you're in the mafia, when you're in the gang, you're in the family, right? Right? They love one another. So what? Drug dealers love other drug dealers. That's what he's saying. Big deal. He says the real issue here is uh, when you love someone who is outside of your circle, and you say to yourself, "Well, I don't have any big enemies." Well, that's good because here's my suggestion. You know, your a difficult person—they're not an enemy. You're probably not. They're probably not even per- persecuting you. I hope. Uh, but the deal here is, is an enemy is someone you don't want to be around, right? How many of you guys have any enemies? Anybody have any enemies? Raise your hand. There's one big enemy, right? What's his name? Oh, Sergio. Sergio's tacos. I got—I got—I got acid reflex right now. Just kidding. Um, and by the way, this is a, uh, this shirt. Uh, just so you guys know, I, we got this. I got this in Florida, like uh, in March. When we, went, we went down there. And uh, I was like, oh, that's a cool shirt. I got to get that, you know. Sergio's Mexican tacos, I guess, you know. But it fit the day today. Right, Moses? (laughs) Going back to that saying, uh, so how do you treat the people that make you nuts? How do you treat the sandpaper people? How do you treat people that you want to avoid? How does God want us in the body to respond to them and why? And let me tell the answer to that question. It's a little phrase called, Bear with one another. It's only found in two places. Okay, in this form, Ephesians chapter four, uh, verses two and three, and Colossians three thirteen. Ephesians four verses one says, "I urge you therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called." He said, "I want you to live up to how God made you, and that's new in Christ." Colossians 3.13 in the NIV version says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any, if, any of you, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, right? And see, it's hard to live in unity with people that make you crazy, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it, it's, sometimes it's impossible. But if we go with what the Word is saying... It could be possible. God could make a, a a situation that the enemy intended for evil. He could turn it around to make it for the what? For the good, right? And so um, let's do a little bit more digging here, okay? Uh, let's find out what the meaning of the word. Let me tell you the meaning of the word of bearing with one another, okay? The literal meaning is uh, of that phrase is to hold yourself back. You see, I thought that was interesting, you know, to to hold yourself back, you know, like from punching that person in the face <laughs> or to hold yourself back from uh, running that person over with your car, you know, or to hold yourself back for when you get cut off in the highway and, you know, they push you towards the the other end and then you end up in an accident. And, you know, you want to, for those of you that are carriers, you want to pull out your pistol and just start whipping a whole bunch of rounds towards the direction and tell them get out the way, right? Amen. Does anybody ever think that way? <laughs> Or am I the only crazy one here, you know? (laughs) Okay. Go ahead and edit that out if you can, please. (laughs) Scott, I was just kidding, in case you're listening. (laughs) Now, uh, where was I (laughs) here? I lost myself. Now, the idea means to put up with people here, with uh, bearing with one another. It has a concept of enduring that in other people uh, that you deal with, that irritates you, that frustrates you, you know, you don't want to be around them. And the little phrase bearing up means also tolerating and looking beyond the habits, the personalities, the weaknesses, the behaviors, the differences, and the styles of others that bother you, right? Now, did I get all that in with your difficult person? You know, we may have that difficult person right now, or we may not have that person, or in the future, we may have a difficult person coming our, in our direction, and we need to know how to deal with them. Okay. Now, uh, <clears throat> excuse me here. We all have difficult people in our life, and often it's not a moral issue. Sometimes sometimes it's just that water and oil doesn't mix, okay? When I was making those tacos out there, the water in the tortillas when they're when they you put the tortilla in the thing, what what do you think happens? It burns you, man. You know water and oil doesn't mix. Have you ever had water splash in your oil when you're about to make fried chicken who makes fried chicken in here huh yeah right when you put that cold chicken inside of it, what does it do <laughs> you know and it doesn't mix until what the temperatures are right right so in both pass, in both passages uh this little word is used there as uh three modifiers we're to bear up how with humility uh with gentleness and with patience okay Uh, Now, let's take a look at the the word humility here. The word literally literally means lowliness. In the New Testament, it has the idea of an accurate view of yourself, and it's not thinking too high or too low. In fact, genuine humility is not thinking of yourself at all. Uh, In Philippians 2, 3 and 4, it tells us, uh, Do not do anything out of emptiness or vainglory or conceit, but with humility of mind. Treat other people as though they were as important. But it goes on to say, not as important, but as though they were better than you, as though they have more importance. Now, isn't it hard to look at somebody that you think that they really don't have that much importance because, I don't know, like, I I think of, all uh, I can like think about right now, like for my examples, is like the people that I work with, uh, you know, I manage guys, and sometimes these guys try to tell me what I need to be doing, and, and they're not my boss, you know, and uh, and I'm like, well, no, you know, this, this is the way it's supposed to be done, but then I have to humble myself and look at why is it that they're telling me what they're telling me, it's got to be important, something needs to be fixed, Something needs something needs attention, That they're actually bringing it up to my attention. And I may see things a certain way, but they're looking at it a totally different way, where they're keeping not only the operation safe, but they're keeping everybody else safe. So I gotta humble myself and be like, "Uh, Richie, you're right. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna have a communication meeting, and let's just go ahead and talk about this. And come to find out that the whole time that Richie was telling me these things, I knew that he was right and I was wrong. But because of my puffiness and my pridefulness that, like, hey, I'm, I'm your boss, you don't tell me, I'm going to tell you, like, I, had to hum- I have to humble myself. And so many times we have to go into those lowly places. You know, even, I even I'll even go as far as uh, uh, my mom. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord that I still have my mom. My, my mom, she calls me sometimes and she'll tell me, mijo, I was praying for you and I think you need to do this. And she'll give me scriptures, right? And I'd be like, Mom, you're, nah, nah Mom, I'm okay, you know? And, and you know what? Like, a couple days later, exactly what she was telling me is exactly what I'm going through. So it's almost like, like uh, well, the Lord, yeah, she's my mom, but, you know, like, the Holy Spirit, you know, is working in me and using my mom as, you know, to protect me from a certain thing. Because the word that she gives me is exactly the word that I need to have at that very moment when I'm struggling, you know? And so, thank God for my mom. And, and uh, my grandma, she used to be the same way. And this was before I was even saved. She used to tell us, but in Spanish, you know, she would say, he thought, you know, uh, metas... Ugh, let me say this in English. <laughs> Without actually offending anybody. <laughs> All right, never mind. We'll just skip that part, okay? <laughs> because my grandma was tough, but she did love God. And so, her loving Jesus... Even as a Catholic, it gave me a respect for, you know, the cross because grandma had them all over the place. The minute you came into the house, she had her cross and stuff. Where have you been, you know? And I'm like, oh, no, we were just, you guys, and she would be like, you guys smell like you're not supposed to smell right now, you know? (laughs) And so, be like, no, it's uh, because it was a car, it was smoking a lot, you know, I don't know. It must have been something, but she used to have her cross right there with us, you know. And <laughs> she, was, she was something else. Um, so let me go, go further into this, okay? Um, you see, down deep, you feel like you're here with these people, and they're there. So there's times with, with these difficult people that you feel that they're inferior, and you're superior. Amen? Um, that happens a lot because we we tend to, to think that you know well they they're not as they're not as holy as i am they, they don't pray like i pray uh, i don't ever see them at church but maybe once every quarter uh when's the last time i saw them give something in the offering hmm. you know you these things start taking place and and we start to prejudge people in the church sometimes we start to prejudge people in our communities. We start to prejudge people in our workplaces, uh, in our homes, with our, with our families. You know You start to prejudge them, so you start to think that you're better than them because they're inferior to the way you are. Just because we're Christians, let me tell you this, OK Just because I'm a Christian and I, I believe in Christ, it doesn't make me better than anybody else. All right? The one thing I do have is I have my salvation. And the thing that I'm praying for is that they get that salvation because the minute I get to tell them about Jesus Christ and they begin to understand why I serve, who I serve and why I go to church when I go to church and why on Sundays I can't go out to do the things that they want to be doing because I'm at church or uh, why I I have my Bible app open or why I'm listening to Christian music. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, right? And so some of these people that we work with or some of these people that we're around with, we tend to just look at them like, man, bro, you don't understand. Or girl, can I say girl? Yeah. Girl, you don't understand. You know, uh, like, and this is for you ladies, you know, like people don't understand why we as Christians are the way we are. But, but we are the way we are because the one thing that we have, yes, we have our salvation, but we walk in love. Right. Because God is love. And the one thing that I've learned these 20 years that I've been saved is that without love, I'm nothing. Without love, I can't share to my neighbors. I can't share to my coworkers. I can't share with my family. I can't share with my friends. I can't share that because I shut myself off. I close myself off if I don't have love. But with love, all that stuff goes away because then you have compassion for these people one at a time, one person at a time. And I'm, I'm saying all this tonight because... Uh, in working with the railroad and the guys that I work with, let me tell you, these guys, uh, it was bad. And, and uh, Rick, you'll understand this because you deal with soldiers. And when I moved here a year prior to that, the guy that I was working with and I was having a hard time with, he had just came back from Iraq and he had done a few tours. He experienced a lot of things that I've never seen or heard of. And the stuff that he would talk about, it was just, to me, it was just like, it blew my mind away. And so I had respect for them, one, for because he served my, our country, okay? But at the same time, it doesn't give you the right, man, to talk to me the way you're talking to me. It doesn't give you the right to make yourself, you know, like, that you're better than this guy. and Because it was just always a, a big fight. And so the opportunities that I had with this guy, there was times where he was just broken and he had just... The day before, he almost killed his wife. And he came to me and he said, Sergio, he says, you know all this God stuff you talk about? Well, where's your God now? Where's your God now? You know? I almost killed my wife and I want to kill her still when I get home. What is God going to do about that? And I get that when I heard that, it it brought me to my knees. And I said, don't do that. And I, I said, come here, man, let me pray for you. And I grabbed him, and I held on to him, and I just, I mean, and he's just like not wanting, and he's pushing me away, and he's just, you know, gr- Moses, come here. <laughs> Pretend like, I'm giving you a hug, you don't want to hug me, okay? Get away from me, okay? Like, like, you know, I'm trying to hug this guy, I'm trying to love on him, and I'm trying to pray with him, and Moses loves me hugging him and praying for him, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm doing this because I love this guy. Go ahead and sit down, yo. just using an example. I mean, and, and he's fighting, and he's fighting. And I said, look, man, you can't fight, bro. Okay, I get it. I get it. Can I hold your hand? Let me at least touch you some way, you know? Grab his hand. And I just start praying, and I start praying, Lord Jesus, right now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this spirit of, of, of death that is upon my brother. And I started just, just, I mean, praying and bawling over him. And then he said, you know what? Just leave me, you know, with other words, alone. And he got in his truck and he left. And I was scared because I'm like, man, you know, what do I do? This guy's going to go kill his wife, you know? And I, I, can't, I can't let that happen on my watch, you know? I can't let that happen. So uh, the good thing about the, the those those trucks in the railroad is that they have GPSs, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and you're able to track them. And come to find out, he just went... To go do his duty in Denver. You know, he didn't go home. And so, um, and the reason I'm getting to that story is because that was just one of many moments that I had with this guy, okay? And I was the only guy that was there for him when he needed the most. He was difficult, yes. I was difficult, yes. I admit I was wrong so many times, but it didn't stop me from loving him and stop me from. You know, reaching out to him because I knew that this guy needed, he needed God more than anything else in life right now. And so I'm going somewhere with this story because that happened. And then a couple months later, he wanted to kill his son because his son was driving him crazy. And I'm like, what's going on, man? I said, this gotta be something. And so again, there's a situation where I prayed with him. And every single time that he ran into a difficult situation, he didn't go to anybody else. He came to me, okay? And the reason he came to me is because he knew the testimony that I had. He knew that I still love Jesus, and he knew that there was God inside of me. And the, the God that lives inside of me did a miracle. He calls me a, uh, well, he, would, he still calls me to this day. He calls me a, a, a flipping thug, you know? And I'm like, dude, I'm not a thug. I said, that was before Christ. He said, well, if God could change your thug life, he could change my thug life, you know? But I'm not a thug. I'm an alcoholic. And... Uh, Uh, and, uh, you know, and that was the main problem is that he he dealt with uh, drinking a fifth of of liquor every single night. He was addicted to pornography. He had all this darkness inside of his mind, inside his life, inside of his world. He was going through the, the worst time in his life. Okay. And I'm sharing this this evening because that difficult person that you guys have in your life may be looking at you. Because you're the only Bible, you're the only living word, the only walking word that they'll ever probably read or hear until they have their moment with God. Okay? Because our actions speak louder than our words. Yes, I was wrong so many times, and there are so many times that me and him could have, there could have been so many different other ways of handling it. But I still love them. I still love them because he matters to God. He's a child of God. He's a, you know, I, I, I believed in him. And a um, couple years later, it uh, happened. I leave the railroad, and I lose contact with him, okay? And I can't, I can't reach this guy because when I talked to him, it when I used to talk to him at the depot, and we, we had our, our meetings and whatnot, and that's when we had these conversations, and sometimes we're out in the field or whatever. And so when I left, I lost contact with him. But just recently, I'm going to share this message with you guys. Okay, this just happened like a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and the message I was gonna talk on tonight was totally different than what I'm talking about today. But the reason I believe that I'm talking about this tonight, because I, I feel in my spirit that somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear the fact that, you know, you need to, you need to have um, humility, you need to be humble, you need to be gentle, okay? You need to be patient. And more importantly you need to forgive. Those four factors, you have to have that in order for you to deal with some of these difficult people because you might not ever get an opportunity again and that opportunity that you had with that person and stuff could have been your only shot for that person to ever know God. And so we can't let opportunities just pass us by. When God wants to do something in your life at that divine point, at that divine moment, at that divine appointment, it's because he's put you there and he's had that person cross your path because he wants you to be able to minister to that person and give them hope and what hope do we have it's through the word of god it's through our salvation it's what we live it's that living word that's inside of us right and so let me read this message to you guys and i'm gonna share i'm just sharing this because this is what he gave me and i just feel it's important because you just never know uh, again, he sent this a few weeks ago. He says, hey, bro, a few years back, me and you were having a discussion about God and why we needed to love him first and foremost before all else. And back then, just as it has always been, I could not understand how, was, how I was supposed to love God more and not equally to my wife and my kids, regardless of how I felt about them at the time. When you told me how God provides, and only through him did I have the ability to provide for and love my family, I started to understand a little better that day. Recently, and I say recently, I came to a full and undeniable understanding of how and why I had to love God first and foremost. Through that, I was able to give up pornography and alcohol all at once. And that opened the door for me to be a better father, husband, Christian. When you told me that the Lord provides and that he has a plan for us, you proved to me that you lived by that belief when you lost your job here. <clears throat> Excuse me. My eyes are too watery. It's like two visions here. And you didn't, you didn't let it faze you. And ultimately, you found a better financial situation. Now, I work with these guys time and time again. And yes, they're cool from time to time. But a friend and a brother is someone who makes a positive impact on your life that will last forever. And I just want to say thank you for bringing me to Christ. And so to God, I just want to give God glory for that because uh, we all have opportunities, guys okay? We all have opportunities to to love the unlovable, to love the impossible, man, and uh, this guy, uh, you know, every time I, uh, just sorry, every time I think about this message that he sends me, it reminds me of why God brought me here, okay? I didn't realize that You know, back in 14 and up until 2018 and 19, I didn't realize why God brought me and my family out here. And it's because there is God like him that nobody would have ever been able to be there for him if God didn't put me on his path and in his journey, okay? And so you guys may be thinking, why why am I dealing with this right now? Why is this situation so difficult? Why is that person got to be so impossible? Or why do I got to be so impossible? You know, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. And first of all, you got to love yourself. And you got to tell God and stuff, I want you to use that person in the mirror every single day, every day. Use me, God. Use me because I want to enhance the kingdom. And you, every single one of you in here today, when you look at yourself in the mirror, believing yourself because God wants to use you in that impossible situation with that impossible person, with that difficult person that you just can't love, that you just can't be gentle, that you can't be kind, you can't be forgiving. God wants to use you And you may not have that happening to you right now, but it's just a matter of when, okay? And I share this tonight because uh, I had so much other stuff that I would talk about, but I think that as Christians, as followers of Christ, we all have a mission. Our mission is to reach the impossible. Because the impossible are looking at us right now on how we live our lives and if it's even worth it to follow Jesus Christ. Because following Jesus Christ for a lot of people is a chore. People look at it as something that, for what? It's too many rules. and It shouldn't be about that. It should be about people wanting to come to know Jesus Christ because of the joy and the peace that he gives us. He gives us that peace that surpasses all understanding. He cares for us when nobody else cares for us. He picks us up when we're on, on the ground. And when we're crying out to God, God is there hearing us. When we're, in there, when we're driving to work and we're in our lonely place and we think nobody else could hear us and we're screaming and we're crying and we're just having that time, where we're like, does anybody hear me? I'm going to tell you this, God hears you. God hears his people. God wants to use you. God wants to use these people that are difficult. They may be your kids, somebody that you probably lost touch with for many, many years. You know, there's, they may be a family member. They may be an aunt, an uncle, or a grandma, a grandpa, a dad, a mom. It may be a close family member. I just want you guys to know this. Life's too short, Okay. Life's too short to hold on to those things. Look at that situation and look and ask God, how can you use me? How can I be used to mend that? God, I want to forgive just as you forgave me. Okay? And I'm sorry I'm up here being a crybaby. But God is good. God has been so good to me. He's been so good to my family. He's never let me go. And the times when I felt uh, like I just wanted to walk away, where I felt tired, where I felt weary, where I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm just sitting down and, 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 and I don't know, man, I don't know if this is worth it. God has been there for me. And I'm sure he's been there for you guys. And I'm sure he's wanting to have that experience with you when you're weary. Not that you're weak, you're weary because we get tired, man. We get burnt out, you know? Like I was telling you guys just a while ago, me and my wife had a reset back in March because we we're tired. Man, we were we've been remodeling a house for five months. It was hard work, right, Moses? <laughs> you know, especially putting tile. Uh, but anyways, uh we get tired. We get tired as Christians. We get tired, but it doesn't mean that God gives up on us. God wants to do something through you for your neighbor for your coworker for your friend for that family member for just maybe even a stranger okay and so take those times and those opportune times and make them count because God wants to continue to do the work that he started and he wants to finish that work in us church at briargate we're in a good place right now you know why because people are hungry and every single one of us in here have a mission to go after those hungry people and give them the word of God. And ask God, God, you know, how do you do that, Sergio? How how do you how do you even uh ha- how? Well, I put actually two three things here. The first thing you need to do is you need to identify the most difficult person in your life. Okay? You need to identify the most difficult person in your life. And second of all, you need to begin praying every day for this person until you see God do something in their lives. And when you do, and you may not see it, but God knows, you all your job is to do is to sow that seed and God will water it. Just like I did with this brother that I just shared his testimony of what we went through. I never thought he'd even come to Christ after all the craziness that this guy was. I mean, this guy was messed up, he was broken you know? But because he saw how I handled my situation, he was able to say, you know what, if Sergio can do it, so can I. There is hope, you know? And we can't, we can't here's, I'm going to go with one last thing and I'll close this. We can't let our identity be in our jobs, okay? We can't let our identity be in uh, our homes. We, we can't identify ourselves with material things, because in an instant it's gone. Okay? It's gone like that. And when it's gone, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You cry out to God, you reset, you start over, you do whatever it is that God is asking you to do, you know? And so the one thing that we have is when all that's gone, there's one thing that 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 doesn't change. You're still a child of God. God's going to take care of you. God will meet your needs. God will see you through this. God will help you forgive the unforgivable. God will give you patience with that person that you cannot have patience with on any given day that starts with day uh, or ends with day. Okay? Uh, God will give you the gentleness. Put a gentle heart inside of you to be gentle towards these people when when you don't really want to listen to them. And more importantly, he will help you stay humble. Amen? Amen. He will help you stay humble because with humility, we can move mountains. With humility, we could change this world. With humility, we could change our community. With humility, we could change the entire outcome of our environments, no matter where we go. we got to stop being so prideful and so puffy and just say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? All right, brothers and sisters, let me close us out in prayer, and, uh, and you guys are dismissed. Okay, Father, uh, we just come before you this evening. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to to bring your word and uh, to just to be able to share, Father God, what you have been doing in my life in this last couple of years, and even until just recently, Father God, I just I just thank you, Lord God, that. Uh, there is power in, uh, in humility, Father God. There is power, Father God, in that. Because that, that empowers us, Father God, to, to uh, draw close to you, to abide in you as you abide in us, Father God. And I just pray over every person here this evening, Lord God, that you would just stretch your hand out toward them, Father God. And may your face shine upon them, Father God. Give them the favor that they need, Lord God. Give them the courage that they need. Give them the strength that they need, Father God, to be, Father God, that light in their world, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you all.